0: This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable!
1: From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, it's the Men in Blazers podcast, Rog. I'm back. Backity back, back, from back. From
0: England, from yeah. Blighty, Me Liverpool, too. in the sunshine, those three days a year, yeah. there is no place finer. You were also home yeah. for your dad's birthday. Let's raise a glass to ageing
1: dads. How was Trevor, your old man? You say old man, and like this is an English expression, and you call someone your old man, even when old man. your old man's you old 38. Man. He's still your old man. My old man turned 90 years old, Rog, on Wednesday of last week. What a life. What an age, in incredible uh, shape, had an amazing evening.
0: And do you want to know what his keep fit regime is? And by the way, O is dressed like a ninja. He's walked in, <laughs> in in his gym clothes, I've got to tell you. And then he tells us too about his dad, Trevor, 90.
1: Yeah, dad's cut down his gym. He was doing three days a week. He was doing a general workout. He did arm day and leg day, but he's now moved in. He's cut <laughs> arm day and leg day. And he just does his general hit workout. And yeah. then he now says he's, he's exercising in the garden. I said, well, what are you doing? He says, well, I'm climbing. Uh, you
0: thought he was like growing plants. No, I thought maybe
1: he was like mowing the lawn again. Perambulating. But he's, he definitely does a lot of yard work. But he, he's actually climbing trees. Yeah. So which he's, he told me that, that 90, climbing trees. What a way yeah. to go. No, but at climbing trees. That's when he was in Germany after the war. Yes because uh, he didn't, unfortunately, get to fire at the Hun, which he, he really would have loved. Oh, um, we're 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 A few, few, few regret. It wasn't in there just in time to fire at the Hun, <sighs> but they used to work out in the forest by climbing trees. And so that's what he started doing. At 90, climbing trees, oh. lifting his own body weight. I mean, he's, he's 130 pounds wet, I would say, my father. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a lithe, tiny man. May not actually be my real father. He's just, we do not physically resemble each other whatsoever. Rossi, the ice cream man, referred to an earlier pod, more likely to be my actual real father. But he's <laughs> a, um, love you, Dad. But it's a, but that's what he's doing. He's climbing trees. Oh, it's great I might start cream. this. By the way, those who've tasted Rossi's ice cream will, oh. know, will know the source of the attraction. No no no, 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 no. Rossi is out of business. Don't think I haven't spent hours searching on the internet, not searching for my father, yeah. but searching for the ice cream, because I want to rebuild that brand in oh. the old West this failure is like, VW vans this and like, like did a little, did a little. Oh my word! I I want that business. You know, the um, if you're listening, anyone in the Rossi family. What way
0: to go, though? What a yeah. way to go? That's how I'd like to go. What, just climbing w- a tree? 90 years of age, shinning up my favourite elm, and then just misplacing a handhold and and just falling happily. No, I don't think you would go out at 90 if you fall from a tree. I think you think about little moments. <laughs> you think about the huns you didn't shoot. You think about the loves that you. You know, you miss. You think about those that have been with you. You think about children that pop- possibly aren't yours, but you're kind of fond of anyway. And then you just... boom. Done, Can I tell you boom. one
1: more story about my dad? Because this was this was very entertaining to me. This, is, this will probably only... Be of interest to you, to no one else, because we both have fathers whose names end in V O R. I yep. realize, an Ivor and a Trevor. Oh. I don't think there are any Far, other Evarts named, named <laughs> after Ivor and <laughs> Trevor. We talk about our fathers, and a lot resonates because they're from a similar generation, and yep. so similar they're
0: not from this day and age. They're, they're not, from the past. They're, they're from the past from on, from a the on a different on a different
1: planet on a different planet. So the London Marathon, which was this weekend, it starts in Blackheath, which is you know a, uh, maybe quarter of a mile walk from my from my dad's yep. house. And so I said to dad, when I went down yesterday, did you go down for the for the start of the marathon? He goes, he goes, no. He goes, but I went down about three hours later. And I was like, well, why would you go down three hours later? And he says, because I like to go and watch the cleanup operation.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> is that a sport for my so. father? Is watching the efficient, he likes watching people do things efficiently. And he likes to see but how efficiently they clean that, up.
0: The cleanup, first cleanup operation he went to. I know. Germany post-war. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And he's always loved them pretty ever much, since. much, yeah. I will say, being with my father, a wonderful man, slightly erratic, he has his mood. don't we all have our moments? his are deeply, deeply, wonderfully yeah. erratic, to live it out with your own kids watching. As I tell my kids when they recoil in those moments, that they will soon be talking about and acting around me, as I am around my beautiful aging parents, and so on, wheels within wheels, as you call it, that is the conveyor belt of life. It is a conveyor belt.
1: It's a conveyor belt. And I wish my it dad's on it. I'm on it, then my son's on it.
0: Yeah, I'm probably closer to the end, probably closer to that elm tree fall than I like to think. I had an amazing time, though, taking my daughter to her first Everton game at Goodison with my dad, three generations of blues, was one of the most remarkable experiences of my life, watching them both for different reasons act like giddy kids for an entire 90 minutes, and Everton even playing along by scoring four times against tiny little no-hoopers Manchester United really played into that. They were just bonded absolutely and unbelievably. And I did, as I watched it, I wasn't so much thinking about the Diné goal. I was more thinking about these are the memories, these minutes within the 90 minutes that my children will please God have of my parents going forward. I did have a whole experience without you, but I wished you were there when I took my clan to the Churchill war rooms. Oh, wonderful stuff. We were able to actually sit this time in Churchill's chairs which was just a remarkable experience. He's got a very neat little bum mold uh-huh. on his chair. I thought his I thought his behind would leave a bigger impression. Huh. My younger son's first question when we got there to the, the guide, the wonderful man who took us around, was was Churchill a good man? Uh-huh. Which took me about four days to properly answer.
1: He was a great man. He was a great man, but, but was not necessarily not necessarily. Yeah. He was
0: he could say the same about Brendan Rogers was how I tried he to a He cried a lot, question, by the right? way. Churchill cried a lot. Well, you do
1: when you start drinking at yeah. 10
0: o'clock in there's the morning. There's something
1: like in Walking with Destiny, the, the book I recommended on the pod a few weeks ago, There are there something like 250 recorded incidences in recorded meetings where <laughs> Churchill burst into tears during the war, which is like it changes your view of exactly what he was like. He was a very emotional man, let's yeah. just say that.
0: I'll turn you a whiskey for breakfast. Yeah, mate, it'll do that to it'll you. It'll do that to you. I just there's a general correlation between tears and scotches for breakfast. Another highlight. We went to Tottenham Hotspur's new stadium. Oh, it's, it's, it's meant to be beautiful. It, 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 that is the adjective. Yeah. Overused adjective, but fitting. It is stunning. I, yeah. I am blown away. If you've not heard, it's the first ever NFL purpose-built stadium in Europe. Yeah. Purpose-built in that one side of the stadium is for soccer. Yeah. The other, to the specs of the NFL, with uh-huh. different size changing rooms. Huge tunnel purposely for NFL players. Different one for the soccer players. It's cavernous and enormous. Yeah. The NFL field actually rolls in and switches. The place is, I will say, bucket list. And I know a lot of American listeners have already started to go because they send us their patches at the park. Not just because of the sight lines and the food, which is, I've never seen food like this at an English stadium. But just the brilliant touches of history and nostalgia, the details the architects have woven in, is a next-level Premier League experience. And I hope we get to go together. I was out on
1: Saturday night with a bunch of the West Ham team, and they were just, like, raving about, how great the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium was on Saturday afternoon. And what? Were you just doing Riffin Jägermeisters <laughs>
0: with Mark Noble?
1: Pretty much. They were in a celebratory mood.
0: I bet they were. Yeah. There's nothing more fun than crapping
1: on someone else's experience. <laughs> New you've... stadium. Yeah. Talking of next-level experiences, the sixth, sixth annual Golden Blazer, Rog. It's going down Wednesday, May 22nd, at oh. the Skirball Center for the Performing Arts in New York City. Lower-level tickets are nearly sold out. But there are some balcony tickets left for twenty-five dollars. That's a bargain. You can purchase them on meninblazers.com. Proceeds from this year's show will again go to Hope for the Warriors. We've charity.
0: just finalised the guest lineup. We have, and I will say it is, it is a next-level Men in Blazers show. There's some Premier League. Uh huh. There's some women's football. Uh huh. And there's a future Ginger
1: Hall of Famer. Okay, Roger, we've got a packed show. We're going to talk a title bout between two teams. So extraordinary that whichever finishes second should be awarded the League One title. We talk a top four race that's more like a beer mile in which all of the contestants have saved the hoppiest high ABV IPA for the final lap and we travel to the relegation zone, zone. where the bums are squeaky and the Warnocks are angry. Let's go to the football. <laughs> oh, I
0: want to raise my first third bud of the day Yeah. to surviving the Battle of Winterfell, the most mm-hmm. scintillating night of television watching... I can remember in my lifetime from the nerves I felt building up a full 48 hours before, which is amazing to feel those emotions, nerves, anticipation for something I'm not actually directly involved in and is entirely fictional. The brilliance of last night's episode to me lay in the fact that the writers, they used our bias that men characters have to be the heroes. Ultimately, we know this, David, women, they're the true warriors. You know, I will say this, no spoilers, but Leanna Mormont is my life hero. And maybe I'm feeling this. I've been wrestling with why do I feel it so strongly? It's because I'm off again this week to spend more time filming with the U.S. Women's National Team. Oh, America. Yeah. One of the great joys of my life. I'm going to be this week in Peachtree City, Georgia, Rockville Center, Strong Island, and Menlo Park, California in the course of the next week. I've got a case of World Cup 2019 fever. I got it bad. And it is magnificent, but it does pain me how little the tournament has penetrated the mainstream. It's 39 days out, it's barely making a dent. I can't tell if that's a reflection of the reality of where the women's game kind of is in our consciousness that it's just a circus that rolls into town once a World Cup kicks off, or a side product of the complex lawsuit that the women have thrown down against US soccer. But it does sadden me because these elite athletes are poised to defend their title, they've sacrificed so much. In their lives, they've ground, they've dreamed, they've hoped, they've feared, and they've won a ton. And they deserve more. So I raise this Bud Fam Blood Fam to our US women. May their profile raise. May they experience glory, but more than glory, the respect of sports fans across this country and all the goodness that comes with it. Courage,
1: David. Absolutely, Rog. I think, though, that if you check our podcast from about four years ago to the day, yeah. before that World Cup in Canada, which the ratings were... Through the, roof through the roof on Fox, we were saying exactly the same thing, that it felt that it wasn't on the radar, that nobody was talking about it, that nobody knew that it was going on. So let's hope that it's the same as it we was four progress. years ago.
0: We want progress.
1: Let's start with the title race. Oh, the title race for the ages. Oh, City tingly entered tingly. the weekend, leading Liverpool by a single point. We're going to do this chronologically, and we're going to begin Friday afternoon when the Reds, battered already six feet under Huddersfield, poor Huddersfield, Rog, they beat them 5-0. And Nabi Keita, first-minute goal and braces for both Sadiamani and Mo Salah, taking the Egyptians' goal tally to 21 for the season, oh. completed the romp and moved Jurgen Klopp's mob back ahead of City by two points before last call Friday.
0: Oh, in this one, we've got credit Huddersfield. Oh, they lasted longer <laughs> than we'd ever have imagined against that ferocious Liverpool collective team press, trying to play the ball out the back. They coughed up a goal after 15 seconds. Fastest goal in Liverpool's Premier League history and eternity in Shane Long's eyes. Naby Keita was a man who rolled the ball finally into the net. Even Liverpool's busts are contributing down this (laughs) heavenly stretch. And it made this game a bit of a bust for Rubberneckers. There'd be no pressure, no stress, just instant relief, no suffering for Jurgen Klopp at all. For once, the only thing that made it squeaky bum time was that Huddersfield is so
1: crap, David. Can I just say, before we talk about the game, that this, this spread of Premier League fixtures between Friday night and Monday towards the end of the season, I don't like it very much. You don't? And I'll tell you, it's easier to follow from America where the games are on in the afternoon. I don't know. It's somehow become so much easier in England... With these games on on Friday night and games on... on Tuesday, sort of, Wednesday. Yeah, it's just been very tough to follow for people over there at the end of the season. A lot of people I know missed this game on Friday night because Friday night is the big drinking night in England. It's just not Saturday, really. Saturdays, there's too much good stuff on television. Friday <sighs> night is the big night out. Those that did tune in, they would have seen
0: the golfing class. I do believe... Even the U.S. men's national team would have beaten this beleaguered Huddersfield town team at this point. Liverpool, they kind of just, they thrilled their fans. That's what they decided to do. They just say, lads, let's just play our greatest hits. Let's have Andy Robertson do his assists with his trademark curling whip cross. 11 assists for the Scott, tied for most in a Premier League season, defenders all time. More than Sterling and Sané, which is astonishing. Clearly, he's the greatest red magician since Melisandre. You've got a Salah goal. You got a Salah Yoga Po Selly. Twenty-first league goal for him, putting him one ahead of Aguero and Manet in the hunt for the golden boot. And perhaps the most emotional moment of all, Daveo, Alex Oxley, Chamberlain. Yes. Oh, back on the anfield pitch for the first time in over a year.
1: He's the original AOC. He is the original AOC and a universally popular football player. A football player that you just—not many people have Street. got a problem with. For a player who moved from one team, actually two teams, right? Because he started at Southampton, he went to Arsenal, ends up at Liverpool. It's a big move, Almost, from the south to the north. Yeah, he's gradually going further and further and further. Will end up Suddenly. in Glasgow, <laughs> um, the or Aberdeen. Um, it's a or Iceland. Who knows? Um, but he's a universally popular player. Has played, really. It's sort of somewhat sad because of injury. His England career, which could have been spectacular. Remember the goal he scored in Brazil? Um, I think it was a year before the World Cup. He scored a goal at the Maracanã, which was unbelievable.
0: Nothing he's, can stop me now. No, he's
1: a superb, superb footballer. Plays in multiple positions. And, and a lovely, see, lovely there? bloke. Yeah. It is phenomenal
0: to see him back as goal after goal flower. A boon for the goal difference. And Liverpool's hopes of an uh, assault on City's goal difference, which is now just for... Five goals, a clean sheet, a demolition so complete. Liverpool were even able to exhume Jordan Shakiri and chuck his corpse onto the field. Klopp's mob head off to Barcelona for the Champions League. Oh, they've lost just once all season, which is magnificent. 91 points, enough to win the title most years. They could get 97 this year, Davo, and still come second.
1: It's a league, and the point of a league is to beat every other team in the league. It's not to get a point tally that might have won you the league in a different year, but point is taken. They um, have a very, very good in team.
0: In more interesting news, GFOP Tony Montalivo at Shears Wizardry wrote in with an article which revealed this, Davo. Jurgen Klopp's landlord, none other than Brendan Rodgers. Are you serious? Yeah, he, uh, Tony tweeted, Wait, the Rodgers Klopp's landlord?! How has an entire pod not been dedicated to this fact? It's true. It's true. Klopp lives in the house that Brendan brought when he was Liverpool's manager. A reporter joked to Klopp this week that he quote may want to withhold rent to inspire Leicester to help Liverpool out in their next game against Manchester City on May six. Mm. Brodge later said at the press conference, all the English papers have been saying this is hilarious, but it's not that hilarious. What Brodge said, he said it's been well documented. I'm Klopp's landlord. I don't need to keep an eye on him. He always pees up on time. He's very good. <laughs> they like, Isn't that hilarious? It's not that hilarious. In Brodge's mind. Here's what I want to know. Would you like Brodge as your landlord, Davo? You, because
1: I can't think of anyone worse to come around with a toilet plunger when I block the loop. Here's the thing. I've had landlords before in my life. Yeah. And on the whole, when things go wrong, I have to ask myself the question, do I want to fix this myself? Or do I want to I make I want this Man- a problem? Manuel Pellegrini come over and deal with it. And on the whole, I like dealing with it myself. I can imagine
0: Manuel Pellegrini coming around in like a boiler suit yeah. with Manuel on, or well, probably Pellegrini actually, yeah. his being stitching, just be like
1: very handy with a plumber. I think like the larger thing dash is dash into your toilet. Like. I think the better question is, would you want Jurgen Klopp as a tenant?
0: Mm, interesting. Oh, just imagine Brendan just being, oh, Lord, you'd rent if you keep the oil painting of me above the fireplace,
1: <laughs> I'll die to save you as my landlord. I'll die, I'll
0: die. <laughs> you can't fight death.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh. I'll die to be your landlord. Oh, my word. Okay, Liverpool's you victory. can Klopp,
0: if you're listening, yeah. just have the place debugged. I'm sure there's video cameras in your most private places. That's actually a very, very I, good chance to that. Roger's the kind yeah. of landlord
1: who would have little peepholes. Yeah. Oh, what should we
0: do tonight? Should we watch a more Jurgen Klopp video? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Liverpool's victory meant Manchester City had to win at a pugnacious Burnley, a team they'd beaten 5-0 twice mm-hmm. this season to go back to the top of the table. And they did just that behind a 63rd-minute strike, strike from Sergio Aguero, which goal-line technology from Hawkeye, residents of Embassy Row in the crap part of Soho, confirmed cross the line by 29.51 millimetres... <sighs> What's that in centimetres? How many millimetres in a centimetre? 10 millimetres to the centimetre. So that's 2.95 centimetres. That's just more than an inch, Rod. It's,
0: it's about as, if you want something that's comparative, it's about as long as Brendan Rodgers' humility. <laughs> the 1-0 win, I didn't know where
1: you're going there, is City's 12th league victory <laughs> in a row. To watch more clock videos.
0: Oh, after the anticlimax. Of the Manchester Derby, which I feel terrible now for, just pointing to that for weeks, been that's the one. Yeah, That Scatman Carruthers is going to save them all in the shining. No, you're right. Comes the trip to Turf Moor. I love what Pep said before the game. He said, I know people are going to talk about how beautiful, how handsome we are, but now we have to go to Burnley. Yeah. Which was a man fully aware of the clash of styles that awaited him. His search for footballing perfection Coming up against old gravelly voice Sean Dyche's deliriously self-owned anti-football. It was brain versus oh, It was height and muscle advantage against cerebral elite athleticism. You can imagine a proudly old-fashioned man like Sean Dyche still listens to Pandora, Dave.
1: He <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do, listens to AM, <laughs> I would imagine. I watched the Chelsea game when Bur- Chelsea went to Burnley. very Chelsea-Burnley had a very charged match in every single way. It ended, ended in a draw. And I looked at that and I thought, Burnley are going to give City problems. They really are going to give City problems because they delight in the role of the spoiler. They love this role. The fancy boys coming yeah, into exactly. our tour. love it, love it. And they were. They were so motivated from the off
0: for straight and City by fighting valiantly, nobly, honourably, seeking to catch them on the break with their big bash brothers, Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes, banging around up front like one wag, one darwin. One. For the first hour... Oh, it was a grinding war of attrition, a poor man's battle of the bastards, in which Raz Bernardo and the restored Leroy Sané, your mate, had surprisingly little yeah. influence. City could have had a penalty. They piled on the yeah. pressure. Oh, Burnley threw their bodies at everything, and I mean everything, until the 63rd minute. Davo, I mean, City need to build a statue to that man, Kunaguero. He is so clutch, David. I mean, I look at him, I see a darkness in him. And in that darkness, eyes staring back at me, brown eyes, blue eyes, green eyes, eyes sealed shut forever. He's, yeah. he's outstanding.
1: And look, when you've got a championship on the line, who better than Sergio Aguero? Who has more experience in sealing a, well, in the Premier League, sealing, he's but that kind of a player, yeah. is sealing a championship than Sergio Aguero. And yes, it only crossed the line by just over an inch, but it was still a goal. I mean, it was undefendable. He actually whiffed with his first effort, but then fought through,
0: stabbed the ball at goal. Matthew Lawson on the line, tried to desperately clear it. Perhaps should have actually chested it when you look at it again. Yeah. And the goal decision system weighed in with that fake photo thing that they pumped out. I'm convinced it's a fake photo. It's the same bloody photo every time. I'm ever more convinced it's just a fraud. How dare you?
1: How dare you <laughs> say that about my tenants? <laughs> I would defend my tenants to the death
0: <laughs> I with, I love my my tenants with my life. With my lineup, life, wonder. Oh, this is 20th of the season, 29.51 millimetres. Yeah, oh, I mean, not his most aesthetically pleasing goal, but few that Cuniguerre will strike will be more critical outside of 2012. Fitting in to the ethos of this title race for the ages, too epically. Oh, squads are wonder that the difference between them may ultimately be 29.51 millimetres. Have we said that enough yet? Yeah. And if you throw in the January 3rd game, Liverpool City, when John Stones hooked the ball off the line to deny Liverpool the goal, that one, same photo, again, Hawkeye, but they said that one was just 11.2 millimetres off the line. I mean, this title
1: race for the ages, Davo, two teams are separated by, well, less than inches. yes. And also, Liverpool is a team that's drawn seven times. That had nothing to do with goal-line technology. Man City lost at home to Crystal Palace. That had nothing to do with goal-line technology. At the end of the season, a 38-game league season, one team will have won the league and 19 teams won't have. And the team that finishes second, they're going to be that close, are going to be a really, really good team, but they won't have won the league. There is, this, is a, this is the beauty of a league, The beauty of a league is that you could win it on goal difference at the end of the season. It is just one team wins, nobody else does. The point is winning, Rog.
0: 12 Premier League wins in a row. City bloody good at the point of what you have just demonstrated. Pep celebrated in front of the City fans at the full-time whistle. As if this win was, let's just say, special. He's got home to Leicester, away to Brighton to come, and the title is theirs. British media narrative, even before this game, so already begun to talk about the title as if it is over, a fate complete that City just have to win out. Can you see City dropping another point,
1: David? Leicester and Brighton. Well, I mean, look. I think the last time we podded and we talked about their fixture list and we talked about this, the Tottenham game. We talked about the United game, and by the way, this Burnley game was 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 no easy task. And I think that Liverpool fans, certainly Liverpool fans, friends of mine, have for weeks just been waiting for City to slip up and they've been looking at these fixtures because they've sort of felt, hey, if we keep on doing our job, it's inevitable that City at some point will slip. And I think a lot of Liverpool fans have felt that inevitably the title has been theirs because they thought that City (sighs) must drop a point at some point.
0: But they haven't. But you look at this Leicester game. Look at this, Davo. Who's beaten City this season? Roy Hodgson and Rafa Benitez. Could a third former Liverpool manager, complete the set. Brodge will be looking at himself, I imagine, in his wife front, in the mirror, saying, yeah. oh, Brodges, we're made for challenges like this, we Brodges. Yeah. I will die for Liverpool. Wait, wait, yeah. <laughs> I will die for Leicester. wait. I'll die for teams that begin with the letter L.
1: No, and Leicester were very, very good this weekend against Arsenal, and we'll, we'll get to that. Certainly, that Man City game against Leicester, that's a very, very difficult game. Liverpool have got two very tough games against Newcastle, who are capable of playing very good football. And Wolverhampton Wanderers, the sort of sleeping giants of the Premier League at this point. Oh, but they don't begin with the letter L. <laughs> You're right. For lovey. Yeah, for my life. yes. For my life for my life it's so funny despite this incredible top four race between man city in Liverpool the number of column inches and TV minutes devoted to talking about Manchester United this is the thing that we'll really a car crash then, mate. Know, no but in England no. just Manchester United dominate the conversation to an extent that no other team ever does I feel, feel that good. every time it, I'm that's there that's
0: the English way it makes us feel great Americans love number one and they love marvelling at success yeah. there's nothing English people love more than plumbing through the wreckage of a disaster, it just, by definition, it just makes you feel better about yourself. It's why American soap operas are most often aspirational when we were growing up. Dynasty, Dallas, Knotts Landing, you know, f- beautiful people living unbelievable lives. And the English ones, EastEnders, miserable working class life in London. Yeah. Coronation Street, miserable working class life in Manchester. Emmerdale Farm, miserable rural life. Brookside, miserable life in Liverpool. Because watching them makes you feel better about your own crap. And that's what ultimately, those are the two approaches to life. You can either aspire to more and look at greatness or you can look at
1: Oh, failure and just revel in other people. I like your argument, but I see it from a different end. It's I think Manchester United have always been the showbiz, have always been the Hollywood team of English football. And I think Manchester United. I overheard Tony Woodcock, the former great Arsenal, Nottingham Forest yeah. uh, striker, who was he in the boozer with you as well. W- yeah, he did. He came for a drink with mainly with my mates, but I overheard him talking to my mate Brucey. He was over there for Hartford Athletic. Are yes, you, are you Bruce Mandel. News
0: that Tony Woodcock, age sixty-two, is yeah. about to come out of retirement to play for Hartford Wednesday. Again. Hartford Athletic. Yeah.
1: I think he'd he'd do a good job. We should say the (laughs) Hartford Athletic, and Bruce would be unhappy if he didn't say it, undefeated at home. I'm not sure that there are many teams in the history of football that eight games into their inaugural season are not only undefeated at home, they haven't dropped a point at home. No one's scored against them at home yet. And they... Haven't played at home. But other than that, they're just, <laughs> Barcelona haven't beaten them at home. Bayern Munich, they've not lost to anybody in the MLS or any major league in the world. So their home record is still amazing. The ONA, oh, the half an athletic. Of what league are they? The, USL. USL. Oh, yeah. they're the Arsenal of the USL. Yeah, Apart from the playing games. Sure. <laughs> Apart from, yeah. But they're undefeated at home. Who knows? They may go undefeated. They may go undefeated at home. This season. That's the optimistic way. But I overheard Tony uh, Woodcock talking to him about if that when play. he was playing on that Nottingham Forest team, which is hard for people, there is a team in Nottingham called Nottingham Forest. It's oh, also a team called Notts County. Gendry's
0: team, if you watch the Men in Blazers television
1: show. But Nottingham Forest, you know, when they had all of that European success, when they were so dominant, and Tony Woodcock was saying, but still, all that anybody ever wanted to talk to him about were like, playing against Manchester United at Old Trafford, that Manchester United always, they suck up so much of the attention uh, in English football. And this is the top four race. No one seems to want to win it, though, Rod. Sunday morning, fourth place Chelsea travelled to sixth place Manchester United. In a game, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's men desperately needed to win to keep their top four hopes alive. And it started well for them, with cuddle king Juan Mata capping off a piece of five-star football in the 11th minute to put the home side ahead. But in the 43rd minute, David De gea his pants again, Rog. United's Castilian keeper spilled a long-range Rudiger effort. He'll be in trouble for shooting and not passing it sideways, (laughs) allowing Marcus (laughs) Alonso to knock home the equaliser. It ended 1-1. Chelsea remain in fourth place somehow. United stay in sixth place, three points off the top four.
0: Oh, two woeful powerhouses in decline, colliding. Mm. So many psychological subplots. It was honestly like watching a remake of Girl Interrupted. You had big names, you had crap football. United wobbled in after their Manchester derby humiliation and a bare-bottom spanking handed out by, and this is no typo, Everton Football
1: Club. Amazing.
0: One of seven losses in the last nine games, which is just humanly astonishing to witness. Chelsea, no slouches in the crap form department. Oh. have been taking just 11 points out of the last 24. The billing for this one should have been the Europa League death match off or Pogba versus Hazard, half-assery face-off. What were your emotions before kick-off, Devo? Was it excitement? Was it fear? Could you
1: give no craps? What was the Devo mood? I'm in no craps. It just doesn't matter. Chelsea aren't going to win the league this year. We've already won the Europa League. I don't really care about winning that again. I don't even think it matters whether or not we make the Champions League next season. I think it matters that we fire Maurizio Sarri. I would rather get rid of him than go and do it. I'm always up for a Ruben Loftus-Cheek appearance, and he he got a few minutes in this game. Didn't play particularly well, but he got a few minutes. You know, Hudson-Odoi, he's injured. His season is done. So there's not a lot for me to get interested in. I've
0: got to say about Chelsea, one thing I am fascinated by, there are no team I can think of in sports where winning is just everything. You either win or... It's been a disaster. It's a mentality that is so Chelsea in the Abramovich era. I can't even emotionally relate to it, but it's a a fascinating characteristic of your team, of your club,
1: of the fan base. You're either number one or you're nothing. It's not just about the Abramovich era, and it's not just about the fact that we won so much. It's that there was something about that team and the number of leaders that were on that pitch for that team. You know, talk about Drogba, Lampard, Terry, Ashley Cole playing with each other. You go back to Desai and those amazing central defences they built. This is a team that was just like founded on competitiveness and dominance and strength and mental tenacity. And there's just, you just don't see that on this side. Unrecognised. I mean, both teams are unrecognized. There are so many
0: players with such little confidence all over the field. So few leaders on either of these sides. I mean, God love it. When United took the lead, with a team goal, I should say. Oh, wonder.
1: Yeah, it was a lovely goal.
0: Started by Lukaku. This, the joy on his face that he actually did something good as opposed to woefully miscontrol it. He brilliantly scoop-chipped in Luke Shaw with a death pass that you never know of Lukaku, whether it was actually a shot that he mishit. Shaw kept running. His cross rolled across the middle of the box, finding its way to the feet of Chelsea old boy Juan Mata, who joyously... Oh, drilled at home. <laughs> this is an amazing stat. Ending United's goal from open play drought at 527 minutes. Just astonishing. God love Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. You can almost see waves of relief rolling off him on the United bench Over, He has aged in like president. You know, the before and after photos yeah. of, of Barack Obama. Young when he began,
1: leaving like grandpa. He has aged in the past nine weeks in a way no man should. But, you know, showed glimpses, especially in that goal, showed glimpses of what they're capable of. Still a very good team. I thought the highlight was Romelu Lukaku taking Cesar Azpilicueta and literally shoulder charging him about like thirty yards into the front row of the. Uh, There's nothing the better
0: in sports than Stanley Cup playoff hockey. It's <laughs> the intensity. True? Chelsea though took it on the chin, and not just Dave. Who oh, word? Willian charged the equaliser though. Oh, this is sad. This is this is heartbreaking to me to watch. To be honest, Manchester United's greatest current weakness. David De Gea. I mean, your man, Rudiger, fired from distance. It was a straight shot, perfectly sighted. There was no curve even less respect to be candid yeah. when he fired. It was about, are we agreeing,
1: about as basic a save as you could have, David. Yeah, and uh, by the way, let us I'm serious, Rudiger will be in trouble for that, at the, for, for taking that shot and not passing the ball sideways. I mishit it, Gov.
0: I mishit it.
1: I meant to shin it to... Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jorginho. Yeah. yeah, it was meant to go back or, yeah. back or sideways to okay. Jorginho. Just checking. You're not allowed. Just checking. Chelsea, if you watch them in the season, you are not allowed to shoot from distance. He yep. just does not want any yep. of that. He yep. doesn't want to. certainly not. Yeah, certainly not from his central defenders. And, uh, yeah, De Gea. This ball, not
0: even thumped in, but made a complete, timing-wise, balls up of the save, merely parrying it to the feet of Marcus Alonso, who credit him, finished with a plum, clipped it in uh, into the corner. De Gea's third mistake in his last four games. Yeah. I mean, he's become like a Spanish Jordan Pickford. Seeing him on his knees floundering in Hasselhoff after a cheeseburger style, it's become a motif this final third of the season. Possibly a symbol of the discord and disharmony and lack of focus undermining the United locker room over the the last fifth of the campaign. But my Lord, we all have good days. We all have bad days. But when goalkeepers run into a patch of bad form,
1: unlike a striker or a midfielder, there is nowhere they can hide, is there, David? No, absolutely. you've got to ask yourself also that you've got a shot from a central defender and the rebound taken from Chelsea's left back, not from the striker, is that... Chelsea obviously realised that there's a weakness there. That's why Marcus Alonso is following up. Not a single United defender anywhere near Alonso at the point that he went and got the rebound. And
0: that was it. As if over half time, both teams looked down, realised they were on high wires, because they came out for the second half as shadows of themselves. All that positivity, all that ability to fight for the midfield to control it just evaporated. The two teams, final 45, just stumbled up and down the field. They couldn't summon a pass in the final third. Mm the game was just broken up by a litter of injuries and,
1: and to be honest none the poorer for it what happened Dave it was like it's like the Viagra just totes wore off well I mean I've said all season that there's nothing worse I would love the Premier League to go to HBO or the BBC, so where there are no commercial breaks, because I could really do without halftime talks from Maurizio Sarri, because however you've seen all season Chelsea perform a certain way in, in the first half, and whatever he says at halftime, it, it always, always goes to crap. And so unfortunately there was a half time talk from Maurizio Sarri. Chelsea nah, had a couple of chances in the second half, again had a chance, the HIG. The astonishing thing, United had to win to keep their top
0: four chances alive, offered almost nothing. Chelsea knew David De Gea was just a Loris Karius in disguise, but couldn't fire a shot at him until the very end. And that, at the death, that, one of those chances fell to Higuain. He'd spent the previous 90 minutes with his only real contribution being his headline visibly receding in-game, mm-hmm. and he blew his chance. For United, Europa League football now surely beckons. You've got just the agony of, as you said, the ongoing media speculation about how they can make massive personnel changes, cultural changes. Can they bring in a football director? Can they ship out the Deadwood in the locker room? Gary Neville, he got to the heart of it when he asked after the City game, he said, who would you keep in that Manchester United squad, David?
1: I know, it's a really, really good question. Rashford? Oh, definitely.
0: Lingard? Yeah. McTominay is like the third best player on that list. Phil Jones, obviously, for the rest of the league's benefit. But the notion of starting again, with a massive squad rebuild, it means really United are not going to challenge again. Or oh, they're a couple of years away from a title challenge. For Chelsea, you said you want Sarri gone. They weren't convincing. Not a bad result. That's the good news. A point at Old Trafford. Bad news. Seems ever more that Sari's not going anywhere. I mean, top four football. Europa League, Dream, still alive. Quite a good season. And he said, the Premier League is wonderful. This 60-year-old cigarette model muttered, I want to remain in the Premier League. I want to remain at Chelsea. The level's high. The atmosphere is fantastic. I'd like to stay here. I'm sure in two seasons I can close the gap with Liverpool and City, David. You're not getting shot.
1: Well, I think that, that you know he's been very clear. The messaging to the press has been pretty clear that top four finish... Champions League qualification so top four finish or Europa League victory and he's going to keep his job and I think that Chelsea fans are just shaking our heads about it we do not have the players constructed to go and play his football I don't believe that the Premier League is constructed to go and play his football frankly there's the transfer ban just unclear right now exactly how that's going to be enforced and so whether or not Chelsea are going to be able to bring in any other players Unclear what's going to happen with Hudson Odoi, or frankly, with our 750 players on loan all over England uh, and Europe, including your boy Kurt Zuma. There are a Love lot of man. thank you once again for building his value uh, ever higher for Chelsea Football Club. Um, you know, it's a team that will continue to do great business somehow, but want to win things. You've got the prince who was promised coming,
0: David Christian Pulisic? Yeah, it'd be coming. amazing. But I have no faith that Sari's going to go get an extra name. Just get an extra name before you. I have to say, the...
1: CP, he's too direct for Sari. He doesn't want players who are that direct. How's, how's CP going to feel about just passing the ball back to Jorginho the whole time? Which seems CP. to be the one most important thing. The most important thing, guys, today is like keep on passing the ball back to Jorginho. And he'll, he'll do nothing CP with it. CP, 3PO. OK, Rog, now to Tottenham, who since we last potted together <laughs> only beat Manchester City Uh, to advance to the Champions League semi-final against Ajax on uh, Saturday. They fell 1-0 at home uh, at their new home to West Ham United. The lone goal, a stonker from Mikel Antonio, lovely guy in the 67th minute. Spurs are still third, two points clear of fourth place Chelsea and four clear of Arsenal.
0: frustrating weekend for Spurs. Potch, four centre-halves on the field, two full-backs, resulting had possession without creativity in the final third. West Ham... Pounced in transition, and I'll say your man Antonio, terrific touch with his chest, thunderous finish, six of the season, and some Sally, his horsey horsey, crotchy crotchy, thrusty wonder. What did he say about that in the pub after the game, David?
1: His first away goal ever scored at Tottenham's new stadium. I don't know. He just he just he just, he just loved this new. He just loved playing there. Just, I mean, these are what's West Ham. West Ham are playing at London Stadium. Under, I don't drink? know what he was drinking. It was something clear. Well, it
0: was either Jägermeister or Budweiser. They, them's your choices. <laughs> both. <laughs> both. <laughs> he was like even helping. A beer a deer for helping. I'll say Spurs seemed either heavy-legged or heavy-minded. of uh-huh. the Champions League semi-final destiny in the old jewish club clash against Ajax. Finished this game chasing an equaliser with the old comedy... Janssen, Eurente striker duo, Yeah. Oh, the one that Arsenal fans would choose if they were picking the Spurs team. West Ham fans who suffered through one of the worst modern stadium openings in Premier League history. Yeah. Got to enjoy the schadenfreude of handing Spurs their first loss at their new glorious gaffe. Two games to go. Spurs have a four-point cushion to fifth place. The prospect of a Champions League semi-final against Ajax to savor. To me, and I
1: mean this seriously, after all they've been through, Pochettino should be in the running for manager of the year. He should be two tough games against Bournemouth and your Everton, Rod, to come. So we'll just have to see what happens with Tottenham. Yes, not only securing third place for them, but also avoiding another Saint Totteringham's day, which they look. Oh, they look. A, a, Definitely four points ahead of Arsenal at this point. We well, just hope they're going to do
0: it. Amazing stat about this race for the top four place. Daniel Storey, great English journalist, summed it up. He said the clubs in third to six have dropped 16 points in the last five days. Yeah. Manchester City and Liverpool have dropped just 14 points in the entire year of 2019. Yeah. Which is a nice segue into Arsenal.
1: Yeah, they're also floored, Rog. Okay, yes, Arsenal, the fourth team involved in that top four key party. Sunday morning, <laughs> they travel to Leicester <laughs> and the house that Brog built. That's how Brendan oh. thinks of it, despite only arriving in February. I got my house. I'm going to rent it to Jurgen Klopp. But credit, credit, credit to, to the Brog facility. His team bludgeoned Arsenal 3 0, bludgeoned them. Ainsley Maitland Niles was oh, sent bless. off in the 36th minute. A Uri Tillmans header and a Jamie Vardy double followed. Oh, my God, Jamie Vardy playing amazing. He's reborn under Broj. Arsenal's end of the season will, and woeful away form continues since beating Bournemouth November 25th. They've played 11 away league games. They've it's won funny. two, drawn three, and lost six, conceding 21 goals. Oh,
0: before this game, Unai Emery admitted his team had lost their confidence after consecutive slumping defeats. He said, I'm going to make them pick it up. If they had, it wasn't noticeable. I mean, Leicester... Yuri Tielemans, James Madison, and in that first half, Wilfred Ndidi, they had all the urgency. You'd think they were the team that were fighting for a top-four place, the creativity, the cutting edge. Arsenal, they really look like mid-table, flip-flops on vacation, the way they approach this, and that was before Maitland-Niles was naively sent off for two yellows. I love Tielemans, fantastic finish. Sign him up, sign him up, sign him up, sang the delighted Leicester faithful about the young Belgian that they've saved on loan from Monaco. The, the rest of the game, though, there was a the moment that many of you will have seen. It's on our Twitter. Leeds United chasing a playoff place. Did you see this? Yeah. A massive match against fellow aspirants, Aston Villa. They scored a goal, which Villa were very annoyed about because their player stopped for an injured player. Leeds United's enigmatic manager, Marcelo Bielsa, then ordered his players to simply allow Aston Villa to run through on goal, absolutely unchallenged, so they could equalise. It's an amazing sporting gesture. I mention this here that's pretty much what Leicester's two subsequent goals were like <laughs> yeah, to me, did. David.
1: <laughs> they did. <laughs> Food for Jamie Vardy's goals. Yeah. It was as
0: if Marcelo Bielsa awesome had told the Arsenal players, Mustafi, no, nah, yeah. just not let him through.
1: Let the goalkeeper, like, just kick the ball up. Vardy will run onto yeah. the goal. Yeah. He will Twice. hit the crossbar and then head the ball Yeah. Home.
0: Oh, that hurt me, by the way. The double doink it reminded me of Origi. It reminded me of the Chicago Bears. But Vardy, who I realised watching him this weekend, is Premier League Florida man. 10th goal in nine (laughs) (laughs) games. Reborn under Brodge. Do you want to rent for me or do you want to play for me? You can do both. 100th in the Premier League for Vardy. Oh, do me Arsenal to a third straight defeat in crunch time. Arsenal fans, here's what I think. Your team were well out of the top four race this time last season. You ended up, I think, 12 points outside the Champions League places. We asked, do you feel the progress of actually being, you know, in the hunt for Champions League qualification? Or is that too rational a question? GFOPs flooded our inbox. At this is Johnny tweeted. To be honest, if Spurs, Chelsea, United also hadn't been so dreadful, we'd be well out of the top four race this season as well. And perhaps my favourite Davo at IOC tweeted. The daily bitching I hear from my husband suggests this is not progress. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, do, what do you think, David? Look, you have to say this is his first season managing in the Premier League, and I'm going to give him a lot more credit than Maurizio Sari is that the way that Unai wants to play football, I think is a, is, a, is a way that can work in the Premier League. And there have been moments that we've written him off and then he's come back and they've played decent football. I think they've got a, they're a few players short. I think he's struggled yeah. to figure out his best lineup. And I think a lot of Arsenal fans, certainly a lot of London taxi drivers, most of whom seem to p- support Arsenal, a lot of questions about his team selection. Uh, and I th- and you feel and that Un- yeah, and Unai hasn't quite figured out what his best team is yet. I think he's been looking for it. You
0: feel a few bodies short and then you realise Stan Kroenke owns a team. So that yeah. kind of that wholesale locker room change is probably not going to occur. So bright side, you've got the Europa League to come on Thursday. That's not
1: bad a team that I, I would feel, okay, I don't think there's been much progress, but I think there is a future, future, future for them. Okay, Roger. now to a game that could help determine who the final Europa League place? to. we've talked about the, the title race? Oh, we talked about the, the top four, no, but I, I got to tell you, the Europa League race has been uh, has been more interesting than I can remember. Watford one, Wolves two. Nuno's Portuguese posse travel to the Vic. Goals and from ministers send their regards. Yes, goals from Trees, Raúl Jiménez, and a 76 minute winner from uh, Diogo Jota put Wolves four points clear of that eighth place team of also oh. rounds named Everton oh,
0: Felicidades to Raul Jimenez who made history at the weekend the wall striker tied Chicharito single season goals mark for a Mexican player in the Premier League with his 13th of the season fantastic feat for a man who took a little bit of time to adjust to the pace of English football Mexican stars have always struggled in the Premier League may many now follow in his wake
1: From the high-end bottle service club that is the top half of the table to the Divey Lounge where Glenn Murray is always crooning the relegation zone. (laughs) We entered the weekend with three teams fighting to avoid being the one sacrificed to the championship. The team currently occupying that spot, Cardiff, travelled to already relegated Fulham and lost 1-0, Rog. Cardiff's place in the table looking more and more like their manager's politics. Anti-Remain.
0: Fulham's too late resurgence but it's wonderful continues under Scott Parker <laughs> who should get a chance to continue to manage uh, in the lower tier this was a blunt performance by Cardiff really disappointing left Neil Warnock oddly mourning the tragic passing of his January striking acquisition Emiliano Salah may he rest in peace he said it just brings home to me how disappointing the whole Emiliano tragedy was he would have scored 10 goals between January and the end of the season It's what we've been lacking. It's been blow after blow, really. Remind me, Davo, not to have Warnock eulogise me at my funeral. Don't let him speak at all. His team, four points still and an ample goal difference from safety with Crystal Palace
1: and Manchester United still to play. Yeah, because of Cardiff's loss, Southampton had the chance to secure safety with a result against fellow South Coast dwellers, Bournemouth. And a 3-3 draw means that the Saints will be back in the top flight next season. Thank God, there's only one God and his name is death.
0: And there's only one thing Ralph Hassenhuttle said to death. Not today. All hail Hassenhuttle, David. All hail him. I mean, when he was hired, when was it? December. Ralph Hampton. They weren't even Ralph Hampton. That's how long ago it was. They were 18th. They they just seemed doomed. And an astonishing turnaround. Perhaps his greatest achievement, turning Shane Long into a gold machine.
1: Yeah, a sub-10-second goal machine, (laughs) Rog. Sub-8
0: seconds. He scored four goals in his last five league matches, as many as in his previous 61 appearances combined.
1: Can't say this. Messi, Ronaldo, shame bloody long. The third team in the relegation mix, Rog. Brighton (laughs) and Hove Albion. They hosted Newcastle, and after an insipid first-half display which saw them trailing 1-0 and booed off at halftime, they scraped out a massive point thanks (laughs) to a 75th-minute Pascal Gross Goal.
0: Oh, Newcastle, we should note without Miguel Almiron, who made a tearful, heartbreaking exit after injuring his hamstring last week's season ender. They were game, but this was a massive point for Brighton and an even bigger point for Hoove Albion kind, with Arsenal and Manchester City still to play for them. Seagulls, though, are now within touching distance of mathematical safety, so they can have a bird off against the Canaries of Norwich next season, of whom we will chat in a minute, but change will come. It's got to come over the off-season if Brighton are to avoid a repeat of this dismal campaign. Rumblings of nice guy Chris Hutton's tenure coming to a, a dignified end abound.
1: Uh, and finally, Rog, in El Blazerico light, <laughs> Crystal Palace oh, nil, Everton nil, a game, what you're doing there? a game I was at. Not the greatest game of Premier League football ever. We took a few Americans to that game. We'd never seen a Premier League game and they probably won't be back, would be my guess. Um, Didn't really, uh, very blustery day in South London, very windy day and uh, not very good football. What did they think?
0: Did they think it was like one of the lacrosse leagues where they're like, not going to catch on?
1: No, they uh, crap. they went to the game saying that that isn't the problem with soccer that not enough goals are scored. You uh-huh. go, no, it's amazing. There's so much offense. There's uh-huh. so many goals. It's so exciting. Uh-huh. And then they witnessed a nil-nil draw yeah, with barely I mean, not a just chance a nil-nil at either
0: nil nil end. Draw, just a dire, angry, infuriating 90 minutes where just the delight was to shout. All oh, my, my kids now shout at the television with me. Yeah. Now they're all in on it, which is like a perverse joy. But last weekend... Being at Goodison with my entire family watching. Let's repeat. Is this it. your analysis
1: of this game? Because yeah. we're going back to the weekend yeah. before. Yeah. Okay, because
0: Good. one minute you're watching Everton four, four, David. Yeah. Manchester United nil. Not a typo. Experiencing feelings that you only. I was trying to think. When have I ever felt like that with my dad and my kids at bar mitzvahs and weddings, dancing with them at bar mitzvahs. That's the only. Time you I love that, a bar mitzvah. You love a wedding. Love a. I love to dance at events. Love it watching the drudgery and just mass incompetence of saturday 00 draw at crystal palace both teams crap it was like the ex- emotions i experienced when i have to pay a small fine for overdue books at a library it was like that kind of petty load of bollocks proof i guess that football can make you feel all emphasis on all the emotions this game forgettable I've forgotten it
1: yeah well Go i'm going to remind you of it please here's my here's one thing that the americans i took were found remarkable is that in the second minute, Everton got a corner. And literally, with, in unison, the Everton travelling support stood up and clapped and went insane that they'd won a corner in the first two minutes. And I've noticed this about Everton Didn't fans the before. Everton fans... Cheer a corner. You see it in the final five minutes of a game when a team is fighting for a winner or an equaliser that when you get a corner, you stand up and you cheer. Everton fans applaud corners awarded for their own team stronger than any team in world football. You've got to hand it to the Everton faithful. Their support of the corner kick is absolutely amazing.
0: Oh, you've got to take your happiness where you can, my friend. <laughs> that,
1: I knew that was going to be your answer. By the way, but that's it.
0: if you think the corners are good, when we get a long throat close to the opponent's goal,
1: yeah. that's borderline an orgasm. Okay. Rog, two of the three invitations to next year's Premier League party went out over the weekend. Both Norwich City and Sheffield United have clinched promotion.
0: Oh, welcome back, Norwich. Do we agree? A lovely, wonderful, I mean, three-season absence from the Premier League, but a wonderful, just a community team. Yeah.
1: A great addition. Yeah, they've been there a lot before. In their yellow. Yeah, in in their green and yellow. And then they go back again. And then they come back again. It's wonderful. It's like a guest star on a TV series. You like it when he comes back. They're coming back a little bit different. They play
0: bowl football I mean, this this time around. Crowned by Finnish scoring sensation Timu Puki, which is, I think, how you pronounce it. I wished it was Puki when I first saw it. He's netted 28 times. Seven members of the full squad are German. They sound like the 2014 US men's national team. Another four have played in the Bundesliga. This is a promotion built on sophisticated scouting Norwich a wonderful warm family club I for one am elated to see them back come on you canaries Sheffield United though Dave a very different very different ethos up north there 100% Blades
1: yeah amazing I mean Sheffield a huge city with two big football teams United and Sheffield Wednesday absolutely sleeping giants
0: Blades back for the first time since 2007 what a fantastic city too Promotion coming just two seasons after they rose from League One. An achievement all the more sentimental because manager Chris Wilder and Captain Billy Sharp are both boyhood Sheffield fans. Bleeds! And are leading their club into the top flight together. It must feel fantastic.
1: Yeah, and they've got some sovereign wealth behind them. So... uh... You should have some money to go and, like, uh, buy some players. I'd oh, love sovereign wealth. Yeah, I'd love some of that. Oh, I'd love some sovereign wealth. <laughs> 100% lead. Okay, your penultimate Premier League weekend. Looks like this, Rog, Saturday at 2.45 p.m. Eastern time. Oh. That's right, a late kickoff. Liverpool travel to Newcastle, and attempt to pile the pressure on Manchester City, who don't play until Monday afternoon when they host Brodge uh. oh, and Leicester at 3 p.m. Eastern Time. What is your Jägermeister telling you, Rochelle? Oh, or... Pep,
0: i got a nice little three-bedroom, nice little
1: starter apartment. Oh. <laughs> it would be funny if Brod <laughs> is only in, it, he's only in football management yeah. in order to build his, his, his property career. Real estate. He yeah. loves the
0: Property Brothers. It is. He says, oh, I loves the Property Brothers. They got, they, me and them have got the same teeth. Uh, oh, I love it. Pep, i Peppa got a nice starter studio. You can get a nice futon in there. I love a little futon. <laughs>
1: yeah. oh, you can but, buy it from my futon company. <laughs>
0: Oh, my, it's down, this Jägermeister. The Jägermeister, the liquor equivalent of a three-eyed raven, makes me a seer of the Manchester City, Leicester City result, Davo. Yeah. And it tastes, oh, tastes of 38 unbelievable flavours. One of them (laughs) is Brodge's post-match hyperbole. Yeah, oh. It tastes of Brodge showboating, grandstanding,
1: Broad boating.
0: Broge proclaiming that Leicester will be title challengers next season uh-huh. after a Vincent company mistake and a Jamie Vardy Florida man double. Whoa. Down to Manchester City. I'll give you my life, Jägermeister. I like it. Not today, Jägermeister.
1: I'll give you my life. Oh, I studio do apartment. You take a pick. Oh, and a foot on. My uh, my Jägermeister. Your Jägermeister, very specific uh-huh. this week, Yeah, uh, Rod. My Jägermeister. A little more general, another round with no drop points. I like wins for both Liverpool and City. And the title race, good for NBC. Coming down to the final weekend, Rog. I'm also getting a little... Unleash all your Robbies. I'm also getting a little bit of a sour aftertaste, uh, Rog, from my Jägermeister, which is telling me that the Men in Blazers show returns live (sighs) Monday at 5.30pm Eastern Time after City versus Leicester. And we've got special guest, Cage the Elephant drummer, Jared Champion. JC is awesome. Stopping by the panic room.
0: Yeah, he's proper Arsenal, Jared. Uh, but the best part of the interview is when he talked about the band decamping to England when they were young and ending up living of nowhere. they just lived in Leighton. Ugh. He said he'd be on the bus to the mall, and that teens with nothing to better to do would just be standing outside the mall, just throwing rocks at the bus.
1: We should. It just like England. We should congratulate Leighton Orient, who were uh, promoted this weekend. Welcome back, uh, back to the football league from dunking, the national league. All that
0: Dunkin' Donuts, yeah. in Ralph.
1: Yeah, back to League Two, <laughs> back to League Two. Uh, there are many ways to connect to us, including an existing Amazon Emporium, yes. which has transformed into the Men and Blazes Board Mart. Anytime you buy something big or small from the Board Mart, we get a tiny percentage, allows us to produce additional, albeit suboptimal, content. Roger what are you putting the Board A with?
0: book. Okay. The national team. The Inside Story of the Women Who Changed Soccer by Caitlin Murray. With the Women's World Cup fast approaching, you probably haven't heard that, but it is. There have been a slew of terrific books unleashed by publishers examining so many aspects of the evolution of the game. This is one of my favorites, written by the Portland, Oregon-based Murray, who's one of the most astute journalists covering the game in the US. In this book, she puts... A literary wrong right, because to me, the U.S. women's national soccer team is one of the single greatest collectives the United States has ever produced. For all the World Cups it's won and the Olympic golds, it's never had a history worthy of its name. And the national team changes that. It is the definitive telling of the team's journey. gives the reader a behind-the-scenes understanding of the dreams, the elite skills, the enormous sacrifices that have brought success on the field and the huge battle for equality still
1: to be one-off it. It's a terrific piece of much-needed, timely work. Rog, this is not a paid endorsement. I wish it were a paid endorsement. Is this for Hawkeye? Because I would love to be getting... the well, uh, futons. They pay their rent on time, the Hawkeye boys. <laughs> I'd love to be getting a paid endorsement from this company. But I'd look, we know a lot of uh, young men, young women, you know, just making their way post-college, Living So I think about myself. You know, they're living sort of with roommates, moving to the big city, getting new jobs for the first with time. Slumlord, and, and, we, and we we know a lot of them listen to this pod and they need some like real life advice. And you often go for like philosophy and the you know the, the secrets to success. I'm more concerned about like the cleaning products they use and how they fix up things that are going wrong in their homes and how they do their laundry. I love doing laundry. I've always loved doing laundry. I find <sighs> doing laundry therapeutic. I find it it's the one thing that I still mostly do myself and don't let anybody else do for me. I just love my laundry. I love... Do you go down to the river and do it on a rock? No, I don't. I don't. I do it at home using a washing machine and a dryer, Roger, <sighs> I, I do it. I know, exactly. I'm no Luddite. But I've got to tell you, I've to give you one piece of laundry advice. Please. It's this, OxyClean. Rog, add it. I don't, whatever detergent you want to go and use, is if you Tide person. Oxy Chamberlain? Yeah, no, it's, it's not Oxlade Chamberlain, but you can call it that because you'll remember it. Oxyclean, Rog. It is a remarkable product. Just add it, Alex especially OxyClean. for your whites, I find. Add it to your laundry detergent, and it makes them whiter than white. Uh, or if you've got some stained clothes, you've got like a smell in your clothes you don't really like, Oxyclean what makes is it just, so good? I don't know what it has in it, Rog. I do not know what it has in it. What, is the, what are the little animals that go quie? It guinea pig. might have some guinea pig in it. I, yeah. I, whatever it is, I don't want to know. You don't it want to use guinea pigs on your whites. <laughs> I've tried. It's terrible, mate. It is. This OxyClean is a remarkable, remarkable product. Just go and buy yourself a tub. I pulled it up. It's at Target. Yeah. Uh, just go and get yourself Can I say, normally, some when we do some, one superb. of these
0: things where Dave recommends something without knowing what's in it, like something that helps you sleep or something that no, 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 you No, th- not, no, you, no you, you, get, you don't consume it. We get lots it. of emails from people being like, Dave, please, for the love of God, do not use this product. I'll tell you what's in it. Oxyclean is made of uranium stolen from a <laughs> Uzbeki research lab. So, if you do know what's in Alex Oxyclean, please let us know. I, will right, I do Just not believe this is not something sake. that I
1: want you to personally ingest. Yeah. But I tell you, the Oxyclean, yeah. I will be surprised if we don't get people, uh, a lot of people, writing yeah. to us saying, Devo, you are. Uh, you are a, a soothsayer really? of an inordinate degree. The OxyClean is so good. That would be OxyClean. Your whites will never look whiter. And just ignore the lesions that crop up on your lips. Who does or doesn't <laughs> do your laundry from the look of your shirt?
0: I don't wash. I don't believe in it. I use crystals as deodorant. And I don't believe in washing. <laughs> and it's Santa Cruz in the 1970s <laughs> in the Pennant House. Okay,
1: you can follow us on Twitter Brendan at Men Rogers and Blazers. Is my at embassy Brendan and and is my landlord. On Instagram at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore Davis. On Facebook, Men and Blazers. You can always send your Ravens the crap path soho. You can always send emails to meninblazers at gmail.com. Tell us about what you think about OxyClean. Buy our book, <laughs> Encyclopedia Blazer Tanica, for yourself or for your new football loving friends. It's available at all good booksellers, including Amazon. <sighs> Venderpunk Rog. War Pig. Who wants the sex with a tumbo? I like sax. Balls win, balls win. Take that, Gloria. Balls lose. To Tweed. a rock on, mate. Kung Fu Fine
0: America. Love you, dave Love you, Rog. I'd give my life for you, Oxyclean.